0: Well, welcome to another podcast today. Uh, this is The Dinner Table with your host, Joe Sheehan. I'm Joe Sheehan. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. A lot of stuff's happened this week, and it's super, super excited. So I hope that you will join us, and I hope that you will enjoy today's show. Um, what is the first thing we're going to talk about today? Well, you know what? We're going to be talking about 16-year-olds and the right to vote. All right. All right. Well, uh, as the Democrats begin to gear up and get ready for the 2020 election cycle, uh, their new uh, plan, their new cause du jour, this election cycle, uh, this time, this election's free education is going to be 16-year-olds and the right to vote. Now... um, not to want to be part of the old curmudgeons out there that decide, you know, who is worthy of voting and standing upon my ivory tower, I shall dictate to the world who I believe is worthy to vote. Um, You know, enfranchisement is incredibly important. It's incredibly important to people who want to live in a free society. Uh, especially with the wanting to have the ability to vote their leaders out of office uh it's one of the greatest uh inventions of man to be able to vote in or out uh, members of the government uh This is a great thing uh we utilize this right and this incredible invention way too infrequently um you know and and I think largely because we look at voting as kind of like the way we look at jury duty right uh jury duty is you know sitting in a jurist, uh listening to a case not everybody gets the you know the case like the O J Simpson trial or a murder case or whatever sometimes it's just a boring old civil case and you've got to sit there and you've got to take a day off of work and you're only getting to get paid you know minimum wage and uh you know, government's going to get a piece of that. So again, you're getting taxed by serving the government and doing something you don't really want to do. And it's taking up your time and it's taking up your effort and you can't talk about it and all that good stuff. Well, voting is kind of seen the same way. Um, People go and vote and they they typically vote either out of a sense of national duty or uh, out of a sense of excitement about a candidate. I'm here in Texas and, uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke or, uh, to all those out there who love this man, Beto, um, you know, he garnered a lot of support out of young voters, uh, out of, uh, Hispanic voters. He didn't win the Hispanic vote, um, that much, but, uh, honestly he was out there and what was he talking about? Well, he was talking about open borders. He was talking about all those things, but I digress. Going back to the issue of voting, people got excited and they came out and voted and um, as a result, uh, you know the GOP here realized that they took voters for granted. okay um, Our voters didn't come out as much. Um, matter of fact, Cruz uh, himself did not actually get serious about the campaign until about a month out. And uh, barely won an election. Well, now the Democrats here in Texas believe that Texas is in play. And it may well be, because again, we have people from outside of the state of Texas who weren't raised in Texas, who don't have Texas belief systems, who don't believe in rugged individualism like we do. Uh, They're coming here, they're leaving their failed states. Uh, either as a country or as a state in the union here in the United States. And the thing is, they're bringing their failed ideologies with them. And they're voting. And so now it's started campaigns like, you know, don't California my Texas, don't New York my Texas. Um, all those different things, you know, keep Texas red. And that's all well and good, but now we're moving to this idea of 16-year-olds. Do 16-year-olds deserve the right to vote? Well, looking at this, not wanting to take a knee-jerk reaction uh, to this idea. I'm a high school teacher. I work with 16-year-olds on a daily basis. I'm a football and baseball coach. I deal with 16-year-olds on a daily basis, six days a week. Okay, I'm around... Your children I'm around teenagers they are incredibly plugged in. The problem is they are incredibly plugged into the wrong things um, they are and why are they plugged into the wrong things and I'm not talking about wrong things as far as ideology I'm talking about wrong things as far as distractionary okay? Um, again, talking about, uh, there's been some teachers, they took some 3M post-it giant poster size post-it notes and stuck them up on their walls. And anytime a student got a notification during class, they had to go up and put a check mark next to the social media outlet that they got a notification from. And it couldn't just be a random advertisement or a random story. It had to be a, a notification from someone outside the classroom. Within 30 minutes, one teacher had over 200 notifications in di- in different things in a classroom of 20 students. That means each student within an average of each student got 10 notifications during class. And the class was a 42-minute class. This included text messages, phone calls. Some of those phone calls were from parents. All right, and that's a whole other issue we can talk about another time. But this is what I'm saying about they're plugged in and they're plugged into the wrong things. Now they know what's going on, they're very aware, but how are they aware? They're aware because the people that they use for distraction are the ones that are telling them what to believe. Okay, they're getting their news from places like Comedy Central, which is not a news network. Okay, they're getting their news from places like uh, the internet. But they're getting it from celebrities. And the celebrities are telling them how to think. They hear all these stories about Donald Trump. They hear all these stories about the GOP. And yet they know nothing about history. And when I begin to teach them about that history, they're like, well, wait a minute, that's against everything I've ever heard. Yeah, it is because you've been told a lie. All right, for one, a lot of African Americans are not even aware that the KKK was the militant arm of the Democratic Party in the South. They had no idea. They thought it was a Republican issue, and it wasn't. And that's what we're talking about here. That's what we're talking about. These are students that have been largely brainwashed, largely uh, misinformed about America. And now the Democrats go, hey, that's a voting block. That's a block of kids we can get out that can come out and vote. And even if the, even if only 2% of 16 to 18-year-olds come out and vote, that is that is thousands and thousands and thousands of votes that we didn't have before and trust me this is not about civic engagement that's one of the issues that the democrats want to use as why they want to do this well students are so sorely engaged and when they graduate they don't really know anything and if they did this then they would be more inclined to study about the constitution and this is this is the excuse that you hear this is one of the reasons why democrats i've heard it from adam schiff i heard it from one of the california democrats on on the news this is one of the reasons why they're giving it well why are students so ill-informed why are students so unengaged the reason why they're engaged it and unengaged and the reason why they're so informed is because of the democratic controlled education system that has not put any money into social studies for the last 40 to 50 years. We don't have civil we don't have civics education. If we do, if we're taught government, it's for one semester. You can't teach the Constitution in one semester, let alone know everything there is to know and inspire kids to become active members in society. Trust me, I know I teach government. And I'm still capable within that one month. I, or one semester, excuse me, I am able to teach kids how to become engaged citizens just in that one semester. But I'm a rare teacher. And yeah, I'm tooting my own horn and forgive me for lack of humility here, but I know I'm a rare teacher. And the reason why I know I'm a rare teacher in government is because for one, I'm doing a freaking podcast. For another reason, I have a degree and I worked on Capitol Hill. And here's the thing. This shows you how little we care about our students getting the right kind of education i almost took a job teaching u.s history at the eighth grade level when a kid fresh out of college got offered the government job and we interviewed at the same time my background before i became a teacher i was i worked on capitol hill I ran political campaigns, I have a bachelor's degree in political science, I have a master's degree in international relations. I know what I'm talking about when I teach this, and I'm, I'm incredibly passionate about these things. And yet, and yet, that shows you the lack of real knowledge about what our kids need if we want our kids to be engaged. We put no emphasis in social studies education. We put no emphasis other than to indoctrinate our young people, period. Matter of fact, the school district that I'm working in right now, 10 years ago, fired half of their social studies department in order to make a point to the state because they were in an argument with the state over funding. They didn't fire anyone else. They didn't lay off any other department. No, 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 no. They laid off 50% of their social studies department. Why? Because social studies is not important. That's not where the money is. So Democrats, don't give me this malarkey that you want 16-year-olds to vote so that they'll become more engaged. If you want more engaged 18-year-olds to vote, spend money on social studies education. Spend money on right social studies education. Spend money on government education. Make the Constitution an actual class. Not one little blip in the curriculum. And then spend three weeks on the Warren Court and all of its radical activism and telling kids how they need to be radical activists to be engaged. They don't need to be radical activists to be engaged. They need to read the Constitution. The Constitution is the owner's manual for this country. It is what we have. It is our contract between the government and us. And it, and if you could take a job and you don't read your contract... When you take that job, shame on you. Because you can't complain when the job starts abusing you and you didn't read your contract. And so don't give me that, don't give me this, okay, well, we need to give 16-year-olds the right to vote because we want them to become more engaged. That's malarkey. That's a lie. And you know it's a lie. Because you're not going to spend any more money on education. You're not going to spend any more money on civics education. No. No. You're not. You're too wrapped up in math and science. Why? Because that's where the careers are. Yeah, but you're not spending any money on co- real career education like auto shop, wood shop, teaching kids how to be plumbers, teaching kids how to freaking code. There you go. You want kids, you want kids to have a job when they get out of college? Or you want kids to have a, a job when they get out of, of high school? Teach these kids how to do IT. Let them get an IT certification before they get out. That's where the jobs are. That's where they're interested. But do we teach that no you know what we spend money on boring boring math and science classes that have nothing to do except the science classes indoctrinating our kids into environmentalism period do i sound a little hot about this absolutely i'm a little hot about this i'm sick and tired of our education system and i'm sick and tired of the way it's ran It penalizes teachers, it rewards bad behavior, it indoctrinates our kids, and then we send them out into a world that is completely opposite to the world we're preparing them for. They're not prepared, they're not ready. We have Hispanic children all throughout the South, the Southwest, whose parents are in construction, who many of them work in construction on their weekends. Wouldn't it behoove us to spend some money on construction science classes and teaching these kids how to become a construction supervisor instead of just being one of the hard workers and breaking their back before they're 30? Wouldn't that be considered good education? But no, 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 16-year-olds need to write the vote so that they can become more civically engaged. 16-year-olds, in my honest, scientifically informed opinion cannot rationalize to the level that they need to to, in order to make a wise decision on who should run this country. In fact, the Democrats use that same very logic to advocate for gun control, saying that even 18-year-olds... Can't make a wise decision enough that it should be 21. You should be 21 before you have to buy a gun. So again, don't listen to the lie. The next the next thing that they talk about is, okay, well, they're working. And so if you pay taxes, you should have the right to vote. Okay. If you pay taxes, you should have the right to vote. They don't earn enough money in their menial-labeled job, in their minimum-wage job, to pay taxes. In fact... They pay FICA, yeah, sure. They pay Social Security, but we need them paying Social Security. So, okay, if they have a job, then they can vote. Sure, I got no problem with that. If they have a job and they've kept that job for more than six months, they have a vote. Oh, wait a minute, that's a poll tax. Can't have that, that's unconstitutional. So guess what, there we are. It's that simple. But let's look at the statistics. Let's look at the statistics. Are 16-year-olds really working? No, they're not. This generation of 16 18 year olds are the most unemployed generation. Why? They have no work ethic. And I know that. And don't I I don't want to hear about, you know, oh I don't want to hear about how they're so socially deprived and all that crap. No, 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 no. I work with them on a daily basis. I have real world knowledge. Unless you're with them on a daily basis, and I'm not talking about one teenager, your own teenager. I'm talking about unless you are with 124 teenagers on a daily basis, 12 hours a day, don't talk to me about whether or not these kids have a work ethic they don't, or whether or not they're socially deprived and don't have jobs. I drive around this neighborhood around my school all the time and I see help wanted signs. That tells me there's jobs. Matter of fact, many of my students who do have a strong work ethic and do want to find a job, find them. They find them no time at all. I've got baseball players that have to work. So don't tell me, so no. If you pay taxes, you need to have the right to vote. Well, here's the thing. Okay, but we got rid of child labor laws. 16 year olds today are not the same as 16 year olds in 1910. Many sixteen-year-olds at nineteen ten were having families, were running family farms. were more mature, were more mature than uh, than most twenty-four-year-olds today. So you want twenty-six-year? Okay, you want to give sixteen-year-olds the right to vote? Get rid of twenty-six-year-olds being on their family's insurance. Let them let them be taken off their family's insurance at sixteen. You want them to be adults? There you go they got to get their own insurance. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't say one thing and then demand another. You, it, it, it doesn't compute. So what is this really about? What is the 16-year-old right to vote really about? I'll tell you what it's really about. It's about gun control. What? Whoa, that came out of left field. Yeah, I know it came out of left field. Because that's where the left are. They're out in left field. Shoot, they're past left field. They're out in the warning track. Yeah, it's about gun control. I don't know if you remember, but back when the the Parkland High School students were having their big anti-gun rally in Washington, D.C., Many of the people on the left already started floating the idea of these kids being allowed to vote. Man, we should let these kids right vote. There was, an, there was an opinion piece in the New York Times this last week talking about how, and literally coming from the position that because these kids have to face gun violence in school, because these kids have to face all of this, they should be given the right to vote. It's about gun control. Why? Because that demographic, these 16, 18-year-olds, are the most heavily in favor of gun control. Why? Because they're scared. They're scared because the media scares them. They're scared because they think every single day there's a school shooting. When there's not. If you look at the statistics of school shootings just in 2018, most of the statistics that they're using are people who have been shot on a school or near a school campus, but not during the school day. This is a rarity that happens. And we can go into the why it happens, and trust me, I want to go into the why it happens, but we'll do that in another podcast. But for now, we simply need to realize this is about gun control. This is about going after people's rights to bear arms. That's why the left wants 16- to 18-year-olds to vote plain and simple. Because they know that a 16-year-old is going to be told by his friends how to vote. A 16-year-old is going to be told by his leftist teacher how to vote. A 16-year-old is going to listen to Paris Hilton when she gets on the vote or die bandwagon or the Kim Kardashians, or the P. Diddies, or whatever big-time star there's out there. These are the same kids that think it's cool to be transgender and make up transgenderism. Many of them, and I've seen this in my own campus, there's a young lady in one of my classes, she makes up being transgender because she thinks it's cool. When they, Which is a tragedy because there are real people out there. But hey, we have we have made victimization and victimhood cool. Now you're different. And people will treat you differently. People will treat you kindly. Because they're too afraid not to. So, there you go. 16 year old's right to vote. Do I support it? No. I don't. 18-year-olds, you, you had a better argument. If you're old enough to die for your country, you're old enough to vote. I agree with that. But that's also another reason why I think if you're 18-year-old, you should be able, to be able to buy a beer. If you're old enough to die for your country, you're old enough to have a beer. But why do we limit beer consumption at 18? Well, because studies have shown us that when you're 22 years old, you make better decisions than when you're 18. That's why we do it. That's why. Guys, it's not an arbitrary age. Neurological studies have shown us, has shown that you make better decisions. Your brain is more formed at the age of 22. Matter of fact, it's almost completely formed by the age 22. So you make wiser decisions, and I know that for a fact. Shoot, when I turned 21, I drank my heart's content when I was 18, 19 years old. I thought it was a cool thing to do when I turned 21. Guys, I barely drink now. I have a beer maybe once or twice a year. Why? I don't want it. To me, I, there's other things I'd rather do than drink. So this is this is a discussion we should be having. I, I don't. I, I that's one of the things that I agree with. Uh, people like Congressman Burgess out of Texas or Nancy Pelosi. Um, I do agree. This is a conversation we need to happen. But it need we need to stop the demagoguery on both sides and actually have a real real conversation let's come together and reason about this okay and because this issue is about gun control now i kind of want to talk about the second amendment the second amendment is something that we genuinely and honestly need to talk about okay And I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to read the Second Amendment to you. And we can do that when we start talking about the Bill of Rights and things like that. But we do need to have a conversation about why the Second Amendment exists. Somehow, the gun conversation has gone to talking about, well, if you don't need it to hunt or if you don't need it to protect your home, then you don't need it. I don't know where that conversation started. I don't know how that conversation started, okay um, first of all most semi automatic weapons that are in the hands of the gov- uh, of the civilian populace right now are not military grade to begin with they don't fire military rounds and they don't have the capability of becoming fully automatic, which is what most military weapons are so we already we, we don't allow belt fed machine guns they're already illegal we don't have those on in in you have to have certain licenses and you have to be certain types of people in order to have them. We don't allow grenade launchers. We don't allow rocket launchers. We don't allow machine guns. We don't, you know. So again, we have pretty strict gun laws as it is. But now they don't want semi-automatic weapons and they don't want things like the AR-15. The AR-15 is a gun that they like to quote a lot. AR-15 is, is the civilian version of the military's M4. And they call it, they like to use the term assault rifle. Okay. Hey, first things first, let's get this straight. There is no such thing as an assault rifle. Assault rifles do not exist. Assault is an action. Okay? It is what you do with that rifle. Okay? If I took a hill with a stick, that is not an assault stick. You see what I'm saying? All right. It's a rifle. It's a semi-automatic rifle. All right. The round that most of these AR-15s fire is no different than a .30-06. That's the same. If you took all of the things off, and again, I said this last week. They don't like these guns because they're scary looking. They look like military guns. And so they're like, oh, civilians shouldn't have military weapons. Wrong. If you actually look at the Second Amendment, and you actually look at what it says, one of the first things that pops out to me, and it's not well-regulated, it's not a militia, and we can talk about well-regulated and militia here in a second. It's a free state... The security, to secure, the security of a free state being necessary, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. Free state. Now, state in the document is capitalized. Why is it capitalized? Well, for one reason, it means a state like Texas, Vermont, Massachusetts, Georgia. That's what a state means, a free state. So that's where a lot of these people uh, get this idea that when he's talking about the militia, they're talking about a military unit. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. But it also means a state of being free. It's a free state. Well, what does free mean? It means free of government intrusion. Okay? We, the people are allowed to own weapons and we must be allowed to own the very same weapons that a military must use for the very reason that the second amendment was created not to allow us to go hunting, not to allow us to protect our homes, but to protect us from an overreaching, abusive and tyrannical government. If you look at any tyranny around the world, the one thing you will see in common is the people are unarmed. Any tyranny around the world. And trust me, some of these places you think are free are more tyrannical than you would even realize. That's the very first thing they go after are guns. A free state being necessary necessary you need a free country so your right to bear arms is necessary a militia is a group of citizen soldiers it's not the reserves it's not the national guard it is a group of citizen soldiers You and me, we are the militia. Well-regulated, that doesn't mean regulating the type of guns. Well-regulated means well-trained. A well-trained militia, a well-trained group of citizen soldiers being necessary for the security of a free state, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. That would be the modern vernacular of the second amendment Ladies and gentlemen we need the second amendment We need the right to own semi-automatic weapons we need the right to own fully automatic weapons We need the right to be able to defend our country not our which is our home That and and yes by having freedom and by having liberty will bad men abuse that liberty absolutely And will bad things happen to good people? Absolutely. But bad things are more likely to happen to bad people under a tyrannical rule. Just ask the people of North Korea. Just ask the people of Iran. Just ask the people of the old Iraq. Just ask the people of Venezuela. Just ask the people of Cuba. Just ask the people of China. Tyranny Is much worse. Much worse. Guys, people disappear in countries. Children disappear in those countries. Children are taken away from parents and nobody can do a thing about it. We we weep for the children who die in these school shootings. We do. We pray for their families. But it goes back to Tom, it goes back to Benjamin Franklin's quote those who are willing to give up a little essential liberty for a little security deserve neither security nor liberty. And I end it with that.